Traveling in different countries, one of the biggest blessing in my life. That way I exposed to different cultures, languages, races and religions. And that brought me strength in my own faith. This is In Good Faith, listening to first-person experiences of faith and belief. On In Good Faith, it's our privilege to hear stories and accounts from believers told in their own words. Our hope is to listen with an open heart, celebrating the power of faith and belief and what those stories mean to the ones who tell them. I'm speaking in good faith today with Zeynep Karapardic. She's originally from Istanbul, Turkey. She has a bachelor's in language and literature from Pristina University in Kosovo and a master's degree in business management and leadership from Western Governors University. She's a hospice volunteer coordinator, chairperson currently of the Salt Lake Interfaith Roundtable. You are also, what would you call what you do at the Emerald Hills Institute? I am among the founders of Emerald Hills Institute. Basically, our uh, mission is very similar to Interfaith Roundtable. We try to create love, harmony, and understanding among different cultures and faith groups. And we create educational opportunities, and we organize any type of events that brings people together and create friendship among them. I would like to ask you your very mm-hmm. first mm-hmm. memories of religion or what God was. Was that part of the home you grew up in? Yes. I mean, religion was part of my family, my environment, my uh, the society I, I was born in. So we pretty much raised with a religion embedded to our culture and our family life. And I'm a Muslim and daily prayers, fastings during Ramadan. And so we were very, very uh, involved with religious practices in my community. That's how I raised. Mm. And did you always believe in God or did you question sometimes? I didn't question until I reached, you know, in middle school, that age, teenager years, that you are against everything in your life, you know. (laughs) You must be... (laughs) I can tell you have children. (laughs) Yes. You must be, uh, what is it called? Rebel, right? Uh (laughs) So you question everything, your family, your values, your identity, your religion, of course. But we have been taught uh, different uh, religious classes in my middle school and high school years. I was fine and I was in agreement with my own culture and faith. So I didn't really end up seeking in different types of religious or faiths. So I was fine with my own identity. Just an interesting question that I have was Mm -hmm. because you were in Turkey. Yes. When you would go to the mosque. Yes. Uh Was it in Turkish, Arabic or Mm -hmm. both? So both. Mm -hmm. So uh, basically, preachers will be Turkish because everyone speaks Turkish and very limited people know Arabic in Turkey. So when imam gives speech and or sermon, uh, it is Turkish. But when we are doing prayers, prayers are Arabic. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. You have a very interesting background to me. You moved to different countries. Yes, I did. (laughs) Tell me the countries that you moved through, where you've lived, and what brought you to the U.S.? Yeah, traveling in different countries, one of the biggest blessings in my life. That way I exposed to different cultures, languages, races, and religions, and exposed very different things. Uh, and that uh, brought me strength in my own faith. So I was in Turkey till I was 20 years old, and then I got married. Because of my husband's job, we have been in Central Asia, in Kyrgyzstan. Then we went to Romania, and 
than Kosovo. And 12 years ago, one day, all sudden, we received a green card uh, visa notification. <laughs> I, I don't know if you know, green card visa, you get that visa through lottery. So basically, mm. we won a lottery. And then we were in Turkey back then. And we were like, we have been applying for it, for green card, <laughs> kind of just for fun and see what is going to happen. And we have never thought of, you know, getting that visa. And when we received that notification, we were like, we looked at each other and what are we going to do now? We have four kids between three and 13 and and we got visa. What are we going to do now? And then we decided to come and try. And my husband applied different jobs and he got a job offer from Utah. That's how we heard first time about Utah. Other than Utah Jazz, we only <laughs> knew <laughs> Utah Jazz, but nothing else about Utah. And then we came here. We, we were, of course, hesitant, although we have lived in different countries. But America was very far away and big country. It is a dream country for many, but we weren't sure how it is going to work out for us. But we just decided to come and see how is life here. And we found most wonderful people here in around us. And uh, this experience taught us a lot. And my kids raised in this culture. They are very blessed to have a great community and friends and teachers and schools and we are very, we have been very blessed to have a great social community in here so everything turned out great so far oh i'm happy congratulations on your wonderful english <laughs> really really i mean you've you've learned that as an adult it's more difficult yes it is harder when you are adult especially after 35 years old it is even harder learning a second language it wasn't easy but i came that far so far but we will see. I know I still need to improve, but I think I survive. <laughs> <laughs> you are part of so many service organizations that really seems to be important to you. Mm -hmm. Is that connected to your faith? Yes, yes. Because what I learned my faith, the main principle is be a good person. Mm -hmm. And you can be a good person in many ways. I mean, you can be a good mother, father, you can be a good co-worker and good teacher, good doctor. But I just wanted to make more of this because my faith teaches me various practices that I can be more spiritual person. Also, I can be a better person in our society and I can make impact in my society. For example, Hadith, Prophet Muhammad says, he says, if you are sleeping while your neighbor is hungry, you are not really among Muslims. Mm. So he doesn't say your Christian neighbor or Jewish neighbor or, or atheist neighbor. He says your neighbor. So that hadith has been one of the, my favorite uh, quote from my prophet. So it gave me responsibility to serve my community, doing my best. And I know I can't do too much or I can't save the world, but if everyone does their best for their own circle, then we can save the world, right? Yes, yeah. yes. It is not that hard. It is hard, but if everyone does their own part, then it's going to be easy. In Turkey, you were in a majority Muslim country, mm -hmm. and I assume you heard the calls to prayer and all of that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Is it 
just as easy, or is it harder to live your religion when you're in a place where you're the minority, you're not hearing the call to prayer? Does that make a difference? It does, of course, because, you know, uh, we are not hearing five times call for prayers from the mosques. And uh, majority is not fasting while you are fasting entire month during Ramadan. And so you go to work or wherever you're uh, yes, serving and yes, everybody's eating yeah, but you. Yes, yes. And we have holidays that is not the same as, you know, the society we are in. But those are, yes, those are challenge. challenge. We can t- tell them challenge, but they have never been a big deal for us because we have small community uh, that we get together when we have holidays and or, or religious gatherings. And we kind of try to make, keep our religious traditions alive in the society. Uh, and also it is good opportunity for us to share ourselves with our non-Muslim friends while learning from them. So yes. also learning from people who are not Muslim is another, I see this as advantage because when you are not with non-Muslim friends and when you learn from their experience, from their point of views, you learn new things that you have never heard in your own faith. When you adopt those good practices in your faith, then you become a better Muslim. And I have heard so many people say, mm-hmm that their Muslim friends Mm -hmm. have taught them to consider more about the importance of, for instance, prayer or fasting, Mm -hmm. some Mm -hmm. of those observances that we learn from each other. Yes, it is mutual, really. When you get together, there is a lot to learn from each other, and that actually makes us more powerful and enrich our lives. Mm. So you could worship at home. Yes, Uh uh-huh. But why is it important to you to go to a mosque or be in a religious community and not just worship on your own? Is there something that you get from that or that happens that helps you? So in Islam, it is not required for a woman to go to a mosque, but it is uh, recommended. It is mandatory for a man. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like to go to mosque in here. I go to mosque more than even, my, even I do in my own country because, you know, I like... Uh, I miss the community. I, mm. I miss the connection because when I go out, I like everyone ar- around me. But, of course, you like to see your people your, from your own church, right? right? So I like to smell the smell the air in the mosque and I like to co- interact with my Muslim sisters and brothers. But this is not something uh, required for women. Like I said, it's required for men. I'm interested in knowing why you became part of interfaith organizations and even helped found one. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for this question because this is my passion, Mm. interfaith and dialogue. So when I came here, I was involved with the Emerald Hills Institute. Like like I mentioned, it's an interfaith organization. And that's how I met with Interfaith Roundtable. Salt Lake Interfaith Roundtable was founded during uh, Winter Olympics. Back then, the governor wanted to create a welcoming and inclusive space for everyone who are coming for Olympics. And then they wanted to establish this organization. And since then, Salt Lake Interfaith Roundtable is serving and growing. And when I met with Interfaith Roundtable 12 years ago, I really liked their services and what they are doing, bringing people together and creating 
interfaith events and people are sitting around the table and they are talking about each other and they are asking questions to each other. It has been a great learning experience for me and I, I kept my involvement as much as I can. I was very active uh, organizing events and participating events and in planning stage and leading uh, events. And then I was invited to be part of board. And now I am a chairperson of Salt Lake Interfaith Roundtable. It is important for me because I see uh, interfaith and dialogue can be a solution of the conflict all around the world. And because, you know, you know, many people needs education, understanding other faiths or cultures. And many conflicts and fears comes through this ignorance. And as we work hard, increasing understanding uh, among different religions, and then we can create a very strong and powerful community. And we can see interfaith as strength, not a weakness. Because of the events of Mm -hmm. Mm 9-11, many Muslims in the United States began to experience Mm -hmm. discrimination or prejudice in a way that they had not before, or it increased. Mm -hmm. Do you see that changing as time goes by, or is Mm -hmm. it just as people get to know one another, does that make a difference? Mm -hmm. I see it as changing, but I also see we need more progress on that because people still scared. People Mm. still don't know what really Islam is, what Muslim neighbor, they are still scared having some conversation with Muslim friends or neighbors and relatives. So we still need to work on that, not only toward Islam, there are, you know, anti-Semitism and some other uh, fears. And there are things that we don't like to talk, but they are real. So I feel interfaith is the only solution reconciliation all of these relations and creating education, making sure people understand any religion doesn't have anything to do with any type of violence, not only Islam. I am involved more than 40 faith groups and the main principle is justice Mm. and anti-violence and creating goodness for society. Those are main principles of all faiths. So we need to teach this principle to the people because they still have fear, misunderstandings. I think it is so important that if someone wants to know about Islam, that they speak to a Muslim. Yes, just speak to a Muslim. Just like if you want to know Mm -hmm. about Baptists, you talk Mm -hmm. to a Baptist rather than Somebody else who, who yes, may or may not yes. even know. That is very crucial. And studies show that people with Muslim neighbors has showed 80% lower fear than people who doesn't have Muslim neighbors because mm. they interact with na- Muslim neighbors and they talk. They go to their home. They drink something together and they ask. And then they realize that, oh, there's nothing different. I just go to church. She, is, she goes to mosque. That's it. The rest is almost same. Yes, and, you're yeah. trying to get your children to become good yes, people and do yes. their homework. <laughs> yes, yes, for sure. Trying to keep them in, in track and you are, we are struggling with, you know, illnesses and we are paying bills and 90% of our lives are the same. Mm. And then the God, we believe in the same God and only the way we show our practices and prayers are different. And those are very tiny differences. And the rest is almost the same. 
And then we come to this realization. There's nothing to be worried about it. Nothing I, to be worried about my neighbor or my f- friend. And it's very simple. Just ask your ordinary Muslim or Jewish or Buddhist friend. That's it. And you do do not look for any further. And they will tell you how, uh, how great their fates are. And there's nothing to worry about. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> I always ask myself, why are we taught to be afraid of other people? Or mm-hmm. what causes that fear? Because... Nobody makes good decisions out of fear. Mm-hmm. Yes, for sure. Yeah. But I think, unfortunately, media have played a huge role mm. increasing that fear. But here there is media trying to create more education for our society. So I wish uh, the media has been used that way instead of otherwise. Well, thank you for coming <laughs> coming today so you could help with that. You can be part of the media. It is my pleasure. Thank you so much. I'm picturing you mm-hmm. as a young girl mm-hmm. in Turkey, and then I, I see you now with a vast experience from different countries and education. Mm-hmm. And how do you see your faith or experience it differently now mm-hmm. than you did as a child or when you were a teenager? Yes, that's a great question. Thank you for this. So when I was a teenager in my young age, I was in uh, my own country and practicing my own religion. Uh, didn't know many things about other faiths and, you know, cultures. I was fine. I was happy child and I didn't have any problem. And then I exposed to different geographies, cultures and faiths and languages. And I started learning from different people. And I saw they, I went to their synagogues, I went to their temples, I went to their uh, churches and I met with their faith leaders. I sat on their tables. We ate together and we shared our food. We shared our bread. And I came to the realization that we all are human with same principles, with same struggles, with same life challenges. And then we all are trying to be a good person out of all those odd things. Mm. Then I became more open-minded person and I start to learn what my friends and my people I am interacting with are doing in their life. And now I am doing much more things that uh, regular Muslims do in my country. I'm more active. I am joining social responsibility projects and I'm actively participating events and being part of organizing events because I see importance of spreading the beauty of in interfaith and dialogue. And I think I can tell I evolved a lot and I became a better Muslim and I try to be a good representative of my faith because there are misconceptions on uh, women in Islam too. So mm. that is another thing. So that I'm just trying to be a good representative of my faith. And I can tell I evolved a lot and now I feel better in my own faith. Mm. I wonder if I could ask about developing a relationship mm-hmm. with God. Mm-hmm. What are the things that make you feel connected? Anything from prayers or answers or the Quran mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or service, whatever it might be. Yeah. What mm-hmm. helps you feel connected? Yes. So five-time daily prayers for Mm -hmm. sure keeps me connected and engaged with my God because 
We pray in the morning and afternoon, afternoon, evening, and midnight. So between those time frames, you do your worldly things, and then you remember God again five mm. times. That really keeps me connected with God, and that reminds me: okay, you are in here. You are living your life. It is like a message from God, but I am here to protect you, guide you, and help you. Sometimes I'll let you get some challenges. <laughs> I, sometimes you will you will have struggles. I'll let you struggle a little bit, but I am here all the time. Also, it keeps me from being greedy person mm. because you know this is one life. 60 years, 70 years, 80 years, we don't know. We don't know if we are going to live till tomorrow. Mm. And then there's going to be hereafter. So this life is temporary and short, and there will be another life hereafter. We all hope that we are going to end up in eternal heaven. And then I just try to stop being greedy. This life is not worth being a greedy or sad for anything because it's going to pass and we are going to die someday and we are going to be judged by our actions, not our title, not our education, not our mm. money, not our car brand or home, but our actions will come with us and we will be judged by them. So that's how I keep connected with God. <laughs> Boy, several times a day being reminded of those things, mm -hmm. that could make a big difference in the whole world. For us all to be reminded of what's mm -hmm. lasting, what's important. Yes. Maybe I know the answer to this already, mm -hmm. but because you are a person of faith yes. and committed to Islam, mm -hmm. how does that change how you interact with the world and with other people? Because of the faith that I am part of, I feel that encouragement and social responsibility on my shoulder. That. Because that is one of the five pillars is alms or service yes, to people. Yes, 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 yes. I mean, it's very important. I mean, each faith person has their own prayer to do your prayer. I go to mosque, you go to church, the other person go to, you know, mosque or temple. But at the end of the day, what makes you a good faith person is your deeds, and how you interact with your colleagues, how you interact with your family, your kids, your friends, your community. I feel that encouragement from my faith because, yes, praying five times is good, good for my own faith, my own uh, reconciliation with God. Mm -hmm. But this doesn't have anything to do with my actions and with my impact in the society. And as person of faith, we all have a responsibility to make a good impact in our society. So we should be alert on social justice, environment or human rights and science and education and everything and environment, everything going on around us. Everything is related to our faith because our faith teaches us be considerate person toward animals, toward your environment toward other people so that we can create a better world for our kids, for uh, future generations. I feel my faith encourages me doing more and more, and I feel supported my, from my uh, faith that way. If someone is curious about mm -hmm. Islam mm -hmm. and they want to visit a mosque, mm -hmm. are they welcome? Yes, yes. 
If I am uh, right, there there are nine uh, mosques in Salt Lake County. I attend a few of them, and I am sure if anyone goes to any mosque, and they will be very very welcomed. They their question will be answered, and they will be they will be served some good uh, snacks or food, and they will be finding their questions. I appreciate that. I know the answer to that because mm-hmm. I've been to a number of mm-hmm. mosques and mm-hmm. been very welcomed. In fact, I've been invited in Ramadan mm-hmm. for the mm-hmm. iftar, for breaking mm-hmm. the fast mm-hmm. at the end of the day. It was a lovely experience. Yes, and the people yes. were so kind and wanted mm-hmm. to be sure I was comfortable. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I appreciate that. I feel the same way when I attend temple or synagogue or Christian church or LDS ward. So I feel the same way. I mean, we people of faith feel and act the same way. We just need more communication and getting out of our comfort zone. <laughs> and that is the hardest part. Once we got there, we love the experience. I didn't see from any single person saying, oh, I went to that place. It was her. I have never heard of this. We just need to get a little bit uncomfortable to force ourselves and go somewhere and meet new people different than us. And you will love this experience. Is there anything else that you would like to say that's important to you that I haven't asked you? Yeah, I like to ask everyone who is listening to us right now and please get out of your comfort zone and get a little bit uncomfortable and meet with new people than different than you. Get that experience, ask questions, and don't rely on internet or Google <laughs> what they say to you. You can learn anything from your neighbor, regular neighbor. It doesn't have to be a scholar or important person in their faith. Ask your neighbor or ask your friend, ask your classmate who is different than you. Eat some food together and share some uh, life experiences together. You will see that your life will be more colorful and you will feel happier because as you expose yourself to different people and your fear will be gone and you will see there is nothing to worry about it and you will be happier person. That's the perfect ending. <laughs> I can only say I agree. Amen. <laughs> thank you. Thank and you so much. Inshallah, people will listen to you and will follow up and and be willing to be a little bit uncomfortable on the journey to being comfortable with everyone. Yes, for sure. Otherwise, we will remain in our own bubble. Mm -hmm. Like I was a teenager in my own country, you could be still happy, but you will be missing great opportunities. Ah. Because uh, you are missing meeting new opportunities, then you will not be learning those. And those are great things to learn and celebrate with people around you. And I wouldn't want anyone uh, missing this great opportunity. Zeynep Karaparut, yes. thank you for speaking with me today in good faith. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me. If anyone wants to reach out to us, they can go to Salt Lake Interfaith Roundtable uh, website. And if they are interested in learning any particular faith, we have a list of all faith groups in Salt Lake City and here on our website. And they can reach out to them or they can reach out to us directly. We will be happy to direct them to the right source that they are looking for. That's our time for today. Thanks to Zeynep Karapadic for generously sharing her faith and her stories. 
In Good Faith is committed to the idea that we all benefit from hearing people of widely varying backgrounds share their personal experience with faith and belief. In fact, we think people with such experience deserve some of our best listening. Email us at ingoodfaith@byu.edu. And if you enjoy the show, be sure you leave a comment or a review where you get your podcasts. Help spread the word. All of our episodes are online at byuradio.org slash ingoodfaith. Our Twitter feed is at ingoodfaithbyu. In Good Faith is a production of BYU Radio. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. I hope you'll join me again soon right here in Good Faith.